All right, so let's get started. Episode 18. Episode 18. 18. And guess what? Vance is back. Vance is back, back. baby. Welcome Man, back. It a little hiatus. Wrong. It felt wrong yeah. for me to listen to that pod and I wasn't on it. Did it really? Yeah, it felt wrong. <laughs> yeah, 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 We yeah. missed you. We Aaron did well, though, I'll tell great. you. Yeah, he did. The CFO in. Shout out to Aaron for getting some fans. Yeah, oh, yeah. Weirdly enough, this was our most listened to podcast. Let's go. Listen to podcast. Yeah, we had our single highest download day. Come on. Thank. Shout out to Pray.com. Featuring Pastor Adam. Is hey. that what we're giving credit to? I thought we were going to give credit right, right, to Aaron. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Let's Sorry, give credit to Aaron. Yeah, credit to Aaron. Yeah. Credit to Aaron. Yeah, totally. It was fantastic. Yeah, he like, was giving credit to himself. <laughs> Literally millions and millions of views. A million of viewers just yeah. listening. Yeah. We almost um, shut down Spotify, which is too much love for them. It's crazy. Yeah. crazy. Down. No. It's crazy. Well, well, Pastor Vance, you've been doing a lot since you've been gone. Do you want to just fill the, the audience in to what you've been doing? Yeah, I mean, we're talking about uh, Christmas parties. Yep. We just had, I guess, overflow Christmas party slash night of generosity. It was incredible. <laughs> Last week. My goodness. Yes. So I was, you know, Kim uh, was organizing all this. She's the VP of people. Uh, she's really right, my right hand uh, at the company. And she she put this together in like six weeks. She was sending me all these plans and proposals and I was approving it. But mm. I walked in and my expectations were exceeded. And I think everybody felt that way. Mm-hmm. It was so unreal. Good. So it was at an incredible restaurant, which, you know, they don't have a Michelin star, but probably should. Mm. They should definitely. Oh, my I mean, goodness. If they're, if they're not getting one soon, mm. I'll just award them one. <laughs> What's the name of the place? Bistaka. Bistaka. Shout oh, out uh, to our sponsors, Bistaka. Uh, <laughs> well, it's not Bistaka, eh? It's Bistaka. I'm it's pretty bistake-a. sure it's bistake-a. Oh, yeah. no, no. I've, I've always seen it written out. So I've always been saying yeah. bistake-a. So it's bistake-a. That right, 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 yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah, right. Yep. And yeah, uh, right in the heart of the Silicon Valley. Yep. And uh, it was a phenomenal culinary experience. Pastor Adam made some pasta. I did. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right. They, the chef let us come into the kitchen, mm. get hands on with the meal. Yeah. And uh, we made pasta and we were able to take pasta home. Wow. I mean, it was so many things. I mean, there was so much that happened in the night. It's incredible. It was like action-packed from mm. start to finish. We grilled. We cooked. Mm. We had beautiful cocktails, champagne moments. Mm. The champagne moments were awesome, celebrating wow. beautiful. generosity and celebrating breakthrough moments. And they had, you know, the champagne moments throughout the night where everyone cheersed and it was great to, you know, just give company report, company acceleration. Mm-hmm. We... Uh, my favorite part of the the whole night was probably the caviar table. Yeah, the I, you know when you go to somewhere and they have like a little little caviar. Yeah, right. No, this was a table <laughs> of caviar. Like, wow. like I'm like, so this is like serve yourself. It was it was wild. I went to town. I mean, <laughs> I, I skipped the carbs and went to the caviar. No, it was wild. So you know, um, we like like Pastor Adam said, champagne moments. We are celebrating what. Happen in 2023. Yes. Mm-hmm. All the accomplishments, uh, all the organizations that we help accelerate their missions, their visions, churches buying buildings mm-hmm. all across the nation, uh, you know, people launching missions and, and things like that. So that was phenomenal. And yep. that, that night, we gave away over $85,000. That wow. was the epic moment. Yeah. Wow. So through we, the Overflow Foundation. Through the launch. Uh, it was kind of a, kind of our launch party of the Overflow Foundation, which is going to be, you know, if Overflow's mission is to inspire the world to give, mm-hmm. 
uh, the mission of the foundation is to show them how to give. Wow. Okay. And so how can we center the foundation to be an example of how to deploy capital to high impact communities? Hope Hanger was featured, yep. right? Uh, we know and love them. Uh, the arm of Vibe Church's outreach, uh, but some other high impact communities mm-hmm. that we would categorize uh, got awarded on that night. Yep. We call it the Overflow Impact Award. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Step aside Forbes list. This is the <laughs> list. You want to be on this list. You want to yeah. be on this list. You want to be part of the the Overflow Night of Generosity experience next year. You know, our, our vision is that it becomes synonymous with like how charity water, water galas mm-hmm. have been even better right you know i'm gonna say this vance I, Come there, on. there were a few people there from prominent tech companies mm. at the event and you know these guys go to event after event after event right and to hear them say that this was probably one of the greatest events they've been to come on uh, was just testament to how epic the night was. Uh, it was, and I think it wasn't just because you're at a classy event. Yeah, it's the mission. Mm. Yes, and the mission was just really exciting. It's kind of like a vision gala yeah. that we have at Vive. Just awesome. the energy in the room and the excitement about bringing breakthrough. So mm. that was fun. I'll say this: I I, I checked my mail. My invite must have got lost somewhere. But because I wasn't there, can you tell us what was what's the future looking like for Overflow? Because I think you guys discussed a lot of stuff that's upcoming. Oh, okay. I don't know what you can reveal, but let's let's spill some tea. Uh, I like that. Yeah. So we celebrated the past. Uh, we gave away money in the present, and we really gave a preview to the future. Wow. And Wait, so, was that planned? That was, that was well said. Well, I thought you were teeing it up. <laughs> yeah, oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, right. That was, yeah, that's what you wanted to say. It's almost like you teed that up. <laughs> so, Vance, tell us what's coming. And then you just rattle up. If you know Vance at all, that's yeah, Vance. That, that's that Vance was really well said. Yeah. He, has a, he has a campaign slogan ready to go at all times. <laughs> just in the backlog, ready. It's just there. He, just, so, he goes through the file. All right, pull the past, present, future one. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and so it's it's like whenever I run for president one day, it's like the, yeah. you got the Vivek one-liners, you right, know what I mean? Right. Just like on point. Uh, yeah, so we we really gave a preview, which I'm calling, and I'll spell the T on the hype pod because that's what we do. Mm. Uh, I'm calling the the financial operating system. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. for the for the faith space. That's what I thought. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, the FOS. Yeah, the FOS. You know, here, here's the thing. Like, what we revealed is that when you go to a high-impact community, let's, let's talk about the church because that's what we're a part of. Uh, even more than giving, there's actually a lot of different transactions that you do, mm-hmm. right? Every yeah. single Sunday, Arun, I see you at the, you know, coffee line, yep. right? I see you lining Every up Sunday. for uh, Vive merch yep. and uh, you're registering for Brotherhood events mm-hmm. and yep. things like that. All of those are transactions, mm-hmm. right? And what we found is that those transactions are all happening on different platforms mm-hmm. from yep. Square to Stripe to Shopify. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason why it's a missed opportunity that they're all on different platforms, it doesn't provide a unified profile mm. for the member mm-hmm. or, you know, the congregant, uh, so that the church or the community can pursue a deeper relationship. Mm. But if we can unify all those transactions, every transaction is not a missed opportunity anymore. Every right. transaction becomes an opportunity for a deeper connection. Nice. And that's something that we've actually been on mm-hmm. Uh, this, I would say past couple of weeks is we've been talking about, you know, at the end of the day, um, all the innovative things that we've been working on, that's really what it's about, right? It, it's about how do we use technology to build deeper connection? Yeah. If Starbucks can do it, mm-hmm. how much more of a mandate 
does yeah. the church of Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, I mean, deeper connection do. is actually uh, our word for the year at Vive Church. Come on. A deeper connection. I know it's two words, but, you know, right. it's an adjective, okay? So you're allowed to, you're allowed to use that. And, <laughs> and it's a deeper connection because that's actually ultimately how discipleship happens. Mm-hmm. Right. You've got the product of discipleship, but you've also got the process of discipleship. Mm. And the product of discipleship is a... If I was to say what's the product of discipleship, it's a passionate pursuer of Jesus Christ who's militant in their kingdom effect. The process, though, is through deeper connection. Mm-hmm. As I get deeper connection to the things of God, I actually become a disciple of God. And so we've been looking at deeper connection from so many levels. Love that. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a real key focus to the Come way on. we do ministry, the way we do business, mm. the way we do relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I think a lot of churches, even a lot of companies, they have this weird focus of community. Like you, you'll talk to people yeah. and they'll be like, oh, you know, we're just all about building community. Buzzword. Well, that's a that's a false narrative. Totally. Mm-hmm. You can't build community. Right. Because community is a byproduct. Mm-hmm. Community is a byproduct of a deeper connection Come to on. something. So what, why you can have, because you've got a limited capacity for community. Mm-hmm. You think about, you know, uh, come New Year's, how many people you text. That's your capacity for community. Mm-hmm. Are you going to text family members and maybe a few friends? Are you going to text your coworkers? Mm-hmm. Well, they're a community, but you have a limited capacity of community. Your community is actually built around literally what you're connected to. I love that. So what we see in the church community is a byproduct of what we're connected to, which is the mission of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. When you, if you go to focus, if you go, if your aim is to build a community, what you'll actually build at a certain capacity is clicks. Mm. Because we have a limited capacity of community, you'll create clicks, mm-hmm. which actually become toxic to the wider community. Mm-hmm. And so then you'll, instead of having one toxic person in your community, you have a toxic group of people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because you ever, you ever taken the strawberry out of the pundit that's yeah. furry? Yeah. You have to take all four around it because they all get furry. Mm-hmm. But it was one strawberry that was toxic, but it infected oh, the ones totally. around it. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's like the bad apple. That's the same with clicks. Mm-hmm. But if we focus everyone to a connection and make deeper connections, then actually we, the byproduct of that is a healthy community. Such a beautiful framework. I've been on this thing right now around moments, mm-hmm. yep. right? And how to create core memories. Mm-hmm. It was actually one of the, the pieces of direction I gave Kim in planning this night is how can we create a core memory with everybody? Yeah. And I was actually talking to one of the guests afterwards and he's like, man, you know, uh, Vance, we, we try to be generous in our ministry and things like that. You've seen it. Um, we, we were generous with what we have, but we were just challenged mm-hmm. in our generosity because they left with a gift from us because they were one of the awards. Yep. They left with a piece of artwork. They left with leftovers. Mm. They left with swag of the Overflow Foundation. And and the, he said he was walking out of the venue uh, feeling kind of bad because it looked like they were robbing the place. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and, and I was like, you know what? We just made a core memory with him. Right. Yeah. And, and, and if you're present and intentional with moments to create core memories it actually produces movements, yes. right? And and I love that framework of everybody's throwing around this buzzword, hey, it's all about community, it's all mm-hmm. about community. No, no, no. Like, that's exactly right. Yep. No, no, how are you facilitating deeper connection and as a just a natural byproduct of that, Yes. then you have community. I felt like at the end of that night, I didn't call it this, yep. but I felt like if I, if I asked people if, if that felt like community, if they felt like they were part of an overflow community mm-hmm. now, they'd probably say yes. Yeah. And they can't wait till next year. Right. Well, what you gave him was an opportunity or an example of what it looks like to live higher. Mm. So you think about the church. So true. And this is, this is a value we have at Vive Church is we live higher because we have deeper connection. Mm-hmm. And that 
is almost an oxymoron to live higher but deeper. Mm-hmm. Well, we live at a higher level because we're not just living for ourselves. Exactly. Like I look around my neighbors, they live every week for themselves. But I'm spending my money on the kingdom. I'm yes. investing in the church. I'm advancing people that I don't even know yet as we send missions teams and all this. So I'm living higher. So good. But I'm doing it through a deeper connection to a mission. Beautiful. Mm. And that is that is the the key. That's the example that you gave them. Mm. I love that. That's really beautiful. And like, I just wanted to make sure that we had this time to talk about it because your, your company is doing so much and it's such a strong mission and you've advanced so much. And I think for you know, the people out there that are kind of building companies as well to like kind of hear success stories a little bit about what you know, what you're doing, what you have planned. It's, it's really exciting. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. yeah. It's, we, we love talking about it. I appreciate being able to talk about it on the high pod. It's our family. Yes. And so it's exciting. The yep. future is bright. It really is. And like looking back a year, I, the next thing I wanted to chat about was ChatGPT, but this morning, I don't know if you guys saw Google drop Gemini, okay. which is, Arms race. Drop. yeah, they just dropped their competitor basically to this. And so like things are advancing so much in yeah. the AI space. I was just curious if, you know, Overflow is kind of entering that space at all or, you know, kind of what we you hope think. to. Yeah. 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 We hope to for sure. Um, you know, the stuff we're doing at Vest, we're doing actually a ton of AI stuff. Nice. Um, we hope to incorporate it in Overflow as well, as much as we can consolidate uh, unique data sets mm-hmm. uh, within the platform. Like I said, if we can own every single transaction within a church community, mm-hmm. Uh, then what we can do is we can serve up uh, insights from that data, unifying it, mm-hmm. right? But then from there, it's not just insights, it's recommendation. right? Because, uh, you know, uh, a lean church staff, if you give them data and insights, but not like an easy button to yeah. turn those insights into action, yep. then it's limited, yeah. right? But I think that's what AI allows us to do is yep. things like auto AI and things like that. Yep. You can then now set you know, uh, plans and recurring communications and personalized communications and a staff of two can feel like 200 right? right. with AI eventually. Yeah. So no, we, we hope to incorporate that for sure. Yeah. I mean, as much as it's related to finances. Yeah. You know, I, think, I think at this point you're, you're starting to slowly become a data company for what I'm understanding. Like your question yes. is, and once you become a data company, you got to... Isn't that the differentiator with AI though? Because I feel like the LLMs are going to be commoditized. Is sure. it, isn't oh, yeah. The, yeah. the data the differentiator? It is, I think yeah. the data is the differentiator. I also think that there is, it's optimized in, in allowing you to get profile enhancement and profile optimization of your target audience, right? So yes. it's just, it's what usually took a long time, you know, with the speed and the, I, I guess the, how exponential AI can actually use your workforce and create your workforce. You get so much enrichment around the profile of each person that you can actually better serve them. Yes. You know, you're not just serving useless products, you're actually serving them to their needs. So so I think that is, but what you've got is data points now, mm-hmm. so many data points on the individual yeah. that actually is very critical to, to being a, perfectly optimized product mm-hmm. you know to the to the subset yeah but uh gemini launched yeah that's cool yeah no. what's the differentiate what's the different because we've got grok's got personality right grok has humor yeah chat gpt uh, is woke is woke <laughs> yeah very woke what's gemini uh, is there a like a little hey this is why you should do gemini so it just dropped this morning unfortunately i was like at work i tried to like listen to some stuff about it right. and so i watched the promo videos i think it's big claim to fame is going to be it's like multimodal so it can kind of take in video yeah. audio yeah. text speech oh image all at once and do it very efficiently and so it has like three different levels one for like i think they're doing nano pro and then ultra so ultra is for like the high end, like scientific. I feel like they've been very patient with this they have i feel like they've had gemini the whole oh, time oh, yeah. for sure for sure they're like yeah. Let's because you guys you, remember AlphaGo, 
Yes. 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 And if you haven't, you got to watch the documentary on YouTube. Fantastic documentary. Oh, okay. I want to watch Fantastic that. Fantastic documentary. But, but yeah. here's, here's what I feel like Google potentially have done very smart. Mm-hmm. They've allowed OpenAI yeah. to get the market curve of learning mm-hmm. out there and then build upon it. Yep. Mm. That's actually one of the best industry applications is let somebody else do the hard work yeah, of new follow. learning mm-hmm. and yeah. then come over the top with an already behavioral set that you can build upon. Yes. Interesting. I heard a different take on it and I, I love your opinion, but I heard that they didn't want to do, they've had it in their back pocket, but they knew it would destroy their search business, which is based on well, ads. It will destroy their search business. But that's why they didn't do it. And then chat But it will make a new ads. search business. Right. And I think they were still trying to figure out how to monetize. How do you monetize right. this, right? And so I was curious what you think. Like, do you think, you know, they, their hand was forced or it really was they were patiently waiting? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I do know that DeepMind at Google is actually the OG, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So actually people at OpenAI and things like that, they were actually doing this at DeepMind sure. at Google mm-hmm. first, mm-hmm. right? And so a lot of the times I think that Google is actually first to market in terms of R&D. Mm-hmm. On yeah. a lot of these things, uh, the gap I think for Google historically has been um, the difference between being able to take it from R and D to market, yeah. right? Yeah, and correct. so that's why they were Amazon Prime before Amazon Prime mm-hmm. in the Silicon Valley. Remember, yep. you could get like a toothpaste at Google Express, yep. and it was like even no delivery fee. I was like, Google's yeah. just losing money yeah. on this right now. And there's all the Google cars everywhere yeah. and yeah. stuff like. They were they were first the self driving cars before Tesla. Yep. Yep. You know all that type of stuff, and then you know you had things like in R and D. It was a 20% project, Gmail, and yeah. it ended up getting to market. Yeah. And it's like the number one email client now. Chrome was like an R&D project and ended up being the number one browser. So they, they do know how to bring things mm-hmm. to market. It's just I think they do so many things right. yeah. um, that uh, they haven't figured out. It's kind of like Apple. If Apple says they're going to do something, they're going to do it. Right. Yeah. And it's going to release. Right. And it's going to be incredible. Mm-hmm. Right. Google is more of just like uh, they're running and gunning, yeah. I feel like, a little bit. <laughs> I think they made a few mistakes along the way, like Google Glass and stuff like that. Maybe that gun were, shy a little that bit. made yeah. them like, oh, that didn't, that didn't really work. <laughs> They were just ahead of their time now, right? Like Google Glass now is just yeah. It should have been Google Pin. <laughs> it should have been Google Pin. It could have been you know some other wearable, but exactly. like Meta Glasses, they're yeah. now back in. So yep. yeah, like you said, it's, Apple does something really well where I think they they build the product and the story, and then the tech kind of comes yes. along with it. Yep. Google just says we're just going to build amazing tech, and we hope something sticks. You know? Yes. But they have so much. It's the culture, tech. right? Yeah. I mean, I, I would say that Google prides themselves. I mean, Sergey and mm-hmm. Larry. I mean, nerds. <laughs> Right? I mean, well, it's just yeah. run by nerds. And then yeah. you got Steve Jobs as a storyteller. Mm-hmm. But their approach is reverse. Mm. See, most people will budget out and then spend. They'll spend and then figure out how much did that cost? And did we yeah. make money or did we lose it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's a reverse engineered. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. The, the reverse is true because actually like the larger topic for this pod, I kind of wanted to chat about building teams and stuff. Um, and then we kind of hear, you know, Elon took over Twitter and he like cut, you know, 80%, a, 80% of the team. But like, Look how fast they're moving. Like they've built and Unbelievable. changed so much. Like Twitter has not moved this fast in years. Net, no it way. It basically was like what it was for years. And now it's just developing into this new thing, right? And so I kind of wanted to chat with you guys because you guys have, you know, obviously built large entities and you guys have started from when it was just individuals. At what point did you guys think, you know, how do I figure out when I need to scale my team? Or is it better to have like a small team like that so I can operate quickly? Oh, man, if you would ask me two and a half years ago, I'd probably have a different answer. I was all about like, you know, grow at all cost, 
build the team as big as possible so that you can grab as much market share mm -hmm. and things like that. I'm actually appreciating a lot more, especially because I'm a software company, mm. um, lean and mean. Mm -hmm. I love it. Like I love uh, trying to understand operational leverage. I love just the idea that, okay, I don't need an, I don't necessarily need a massive army for what we're doing, but I want like SEAL Team 6, mm -hmm. right? I, I do want kind of the, 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 the Avenger level. And, and so what I found is that more bodies is not necessarily the right answer. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's really understanding skill. It's really understanding like per person, uh, revenue per person leverage that you have yeah. um, in terms of productivity. Mm -hmm. and, and we've been a lot more disciplined about that. We've had ebbs and flows in the company, right? We've hired, we fired, mm -hmm. you know, all that type of stuff. And I'm, I'm realizing now, okay, uh, hire a bit slower, fire fast, mm -hmm. hire a bit slower. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the mentality we have currently. Yeah. Yeah. We're definitely moved into a zone where we're talent focused. Yeah. You know, top tier talent. How do we get the best talent? How do we get the best of the best yes. on the team? Um, you know, because you can have a lot of staff that feels like a lot of interns. That yes. sometimes as a CEO, you, you, you stop and you think, is my job here to optimize your life? Mm. Is my job here, is the whole reason you're working here so that I can enhance your life? Mm -hmm. Or are you here building my thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And after a while, when you've got low level, probably talent or a lot of people, you feel like you exist just to help them live a work life. Yeah, you're just like managing. Yeah, right. and how do I make your work life better? And how do I, you know, energize you with the vision? Mm -hmm. Rather than... Hey, let me give you a whole problem and you just bring it back fixed. Great. Or how do I get you just to own this at a level where I don't have to think about it? Mm -hmm. And I think that comes down to top tier. I think, I mean, there is, it's pretty hard to dispute that Elon is an absolute genius. Mm -hmm. that Love this, this guy, guy is a master of, of understanding companies, organizations, Incredible. scalability. Uh, he's got creativity on another dimension, uh, but he executes. Mm -hmm. I think it's what you said. He fires fast. He doesn't have time to, play no. woke games no nope. and he doesn't even really care about the backlash he actually said this quote that's that's that was epic i think it was in the uh conversation around bob Iger oh, and yeah. that kind of stuff he's like you know uh, i don't possess that that desire to have friends or something or something mm -hmm. around that like that's such a hindrance to life mm -hmm. when you need people to like you <laughs> yes. um and and i thought about it, i'm like it's so true you, you you really cagey if you really get around people liking you now we don't live in the billionaire club where we can care less with people like, like us or not. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. We're trying to, you know, deeper connections. We're mm -hmm. trying to build people. But I think it could be a stalemate too that if you act too slow because you're more worried about, you know, how people think of you right. rather than executing on the vision. Right. And, you know, to be honest, I feel like, and I don't know Elon directly, so I don't know exactly his motivation, mm -hmm. but by his actions, I feel like he's more compassionate than the virtue signaling people mm -hmm. that I see mm -hmm. right. in the media. Here's the thing. I'm so grateful that he actually purchased, and I don't know if it's going to be a good monetary uh, thing for him in the short term, but I'm so grateful he purchased Twitter Now X. Mm -hmm. Two years ago, you couldn't say anything. Nope. Yeah. You couldn't say anything on social media in general, definitely not Twitter. Yeah. You can say anything. Now there is no doubt it's the best social media platform out there. By like, by there's no, there's no yeah. second. Right. Like, check this out. Uh, the All In podcast, right? Mm -hmm. Probably one of the top 10 business podcasts in the world now. Yeah. Even them, they've switched from like, I would say pretty like center left. Mm -hmm. I think they're all like going right yeah. <laughs> now. And I'm, oh, I'm not like wow. even trying to get political. All I'm saying is they had Tucker Carlson. Right. 
on the podcast the other day. I heard about that. I want to watch that. Two years ago, they would have never had Tucker. Yeah. What are we talking about? Right. But because X has created a place truly where people could be on the left truly and Mm -hmm. on the right truly and say stuff in a public square Mm -hmm. that actually has scale, it's changed the dynamic. I feel like people that have had certain views have been um, uh, more courageous. Yeah, for sure. Nowadays. And I think people are finding each other now. Yeah. And it's kind of like... Uh, provided a better balance, mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah. um, where it's felt um, more divisive in the past because literally you couldn't say stuff. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, you yeah. couldn't say words. Right. And, or else it's like... I feel like you, know, you... All the people that reacted, remember you had all that big backlash, like I'm canceling Twitter yeah. and I'm off it. Mm-hmm. All those people have definitely started to come back. Oh, they're back. Because <laughs> threads is a waste of time. Yeah. And it's just like a little echo chamber where everyone's encouraging each other. It's so weak. It's like, I ate a banana today. You know, and it's so so weird that <laughs> people go, actually, I don't like that world. Yeah. It feels like, it feels really stale and mm-hmm. it feels really clinical. Right. Whereas you come to X, you feel like you're in the real world. Right. You feel like you've got human interaction. Right. Even if you don't like it so much, it's kind of like, oh, it's, it's kind of abrasive. But that is at the core of what we do as humans. It really is. And it's the core of like innovation, right? If you don't yes. allow people to kind of say their view one way or the other and yes. like listen to it and take that in, you just never change. Like you'll yeah. never, you'll have this like group think, right? Everybody's too afraid to say anything. And that's kind of what I feel like every, like social media was going to. It was like, like you said, I can't say anything. So I'm just going to say, yeah, yeah, I ate a banana today. Exactly. And, that's it. and I can't say anything else. And so now you're not really thinking about something new, but like Tucker Carlson on that podcast, I've only heard him and like stuff about him, but like just hear him actually talk about his points like if you agree with them or not what was just, the you, main points he kind of went through like all of his oh lawsuit, you gotta listen to it but I, I would say that uh one of the themes that he was bringing up is that a lot of the the fringe ideas that have now become popularized mm-hmm. yep. is actually a product of really high privilege mm, and so one, it's yeah. this idea that you know there are there's a certain group of people he this is his words mm. um you know, middle age white women, basically yeah. in Wyoming, <laughs> that right. don't like him, mm-hmm. um, that have all these fringe views that have now become popularized. Because when you get to a certain status and a certain level of luxury, you start caring about luxury beliefs. Oh yeah, and so 100%. he has this whole thesis. That's ESG. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has this whole thesis of that of climate change of you know all these different type of things uh, based on kind of this this hypothesis, yeah. right? And I, I think there's actually some validity to it because basically his whole thing was you know people that are not in that position to even have those luxury beliefs mm-hmm. they're, they're not talking about no. those yeah. things, mm-hmm. right? It's not as important. Actually, a really prominent VC. Uh, recently told me he was uh, giving a lecture at Stanford and um, everybody had the pronouns on their name tag. (laughs) And so he gives a speech and at the end of his speech, he actually tells each of them uh, just like literally in the class at Stanford, he's like, hey, by the way, if you want to go to the global marketplace and you all pull this type of stuff in the global marketplace, you will get eaten alive. Yeah, Mm. Because there's people in Asia, there's people in Africa that do not understand this. Mm -hmm. And so he wasn't taking a political view. He Mm -hmm. was just saying, hey, look, you know, maybe we've been in a bubble. Right. (laughs) Maybe there's some fringe ideas that we've popularized that's actually bubble ideas, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that that whole idea of... uh, it's not just rich individuals. I think it's it's wealthy Western mindset yes. that uh, has not had to think a day in their life about where they're going to get their food. So that's what he said. Wait, have you that's listened to the podcast? That's literally what he said. <laughs> that was exactly what he said. <laughs> that's yeah. literally what he said. Right. So so 
so that's where we come up with gender ideologies. We're actually inventing issues now mm. so that we have something to fight over mm-hmm. rather than fighting for life and yeah. fighting to sustain life and to be alive. Yeah. Well, that's, and that's, that is a byproduct of wealth, right? Yeah. Is where your, your views get skewed on what actually matters in life. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's, that's for me, climate change. That's like the thing I'm, I've always, and you know, I've gone on this podcast before, got mm. some ridicule uh, <laughs> from people about climate change. When the, at the end of the day, it's not, for me, it's just it's just another way to juice money out of people mm-hmm. and make it a political point, and it gets everybody in fear, and that's the problem. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting because people say, "Oh, point to the science," right? And I think a lot of these things, it's kind of like, "Hey, let's just be intellectually honest," mm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because okay, cool. You can say in this graph that climate is changing. Right. But it's really what's not intellectually honest is saying something like, oh, and the reason why is because we drive Fords. Mm. Right. Like the reason why is because like we created but like temperatures have drastically changed Mm -hmm. um, over time. Uh, and, and so I think see, it's see, OK, I, I even carry a little bit of a, a, a differential point on that. I think I think climate is constantly changing. Mm-hmm. We just don't know if it's cyclical and if it's changing exactly. for the better or for the worse. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so the the earth is actually built for carbon. Mm-hmm. That's what trees yeah. replace carbon for o- oxygen, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, built, the world is built masterfully by design by our creator to absorb and to repress. So over years, you see a cyclical change where you'll see patterns that are maybe hotter years, colder years, all these kinds of things. We just think in such a little minute pattern that we've been recording the temperatures of like, oh no, we're in a desperate time and we use that. But you don't know over thousands of years. We haven't been recording data that long. Mm. We've got carbon dating. We've got different things that we try and measure off, but we haven't been collecting the data long enough to see what, so we're reacting. And I actually believe that in time we'll look back and go, oh man, that was an overreaction. That was weird. We spent thousands of dollars on something that did nothing. You realize that what perpetuates overreaction is actually just just industry. Mm. Yeah. Because I've been in conferences, literally, uh, you know, prominent like SaaS conferences where people are promoting these things. They're investing in these things. They're they're propagating narratives. And then you look behind the veil and it's because they have a SaaS product to Mm -hmm. uh, calculate the carbon footprint. You know what I mean? So it's just like, oh... You're grifting off this. Right. <laughs> this and so for me, I agree. This like, is no longer a cause. Right. This so is, when it comes down know. to electric vehicles and all these things, you know, we, we, there's even proof that it's not even net new benefit to the environment. So for me, it's like, well, I think we've got the wrong focus. I think we should be look at look at taking plastics out of the ocean. I think we mm. should look at where we dispose of trash. Like yes, how, please. How, yeah. are we, how are we caretaking for the environment rather than putting our focus on global emissions? Because we still need to heat people's places. We still need to actually fund factories. We still need to progress as society. And sometimes these things are actually doing people out of jobs, work. I'm humans first. And a part of being human first means let's preserve our oceans so we can enjoy them. Mm-hmm. And and co- going back to your team question, I think the mark of a, a good team and being able to mobilize a really talented team is at the end of the day vision. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of I kind of blame us too, yeah. in the sense that okay, the people around pushing climate change, they've been better visionaries mm-hmm. around this fear-induced oh, vision so than, than people giving an alternative mm-hmm. vision. And so this is really a call to arms. Like if you don't agree with that, yeah. okay, we need to create a better vision. Yeah. Right. We got to articulate a better vision. Yeah. 
No, and I think I think that kind of ties back into also just being able to talk about this stuff, right? Like being able to have this point of view and then do the research. And be, but if you can't even talk about it, you can't even get to the point where you do research right. and provide stats and you know. Which respond. X is allowing us to have the Which conversation? Which X is allowing us to have? And I think that's also a question I have for you guys when you guys are building this team. How do you guys, you know, input that feedback culture for your team and allow that to happen, especially early on? When you're building it, uh, like maybe like the first 10 people of your team, how do you guys allow that to happen? Oh, so I'll tell you what not to do. Okay. <laughs> uh, I did one, you know, early on, we did an anonymous survey. Ooh. Feedback. <laughs> okay, <laughs> wow. Anonymous. So stupid. I'm never doing that again. Because yeah. people have courage. Yes. Yes. Like, like um, unbridled yeah. courage. Unhealthy, I would say. Yeah. Definitely. Unhealthy courage when things are anonymous. Mm-hmm. And they, they're out for blood. Yeah. Right? And... Um, and maybe I'm I'm being uh, maybe I'm still bitter, but uh, maybe no, they're but not it's, it's blood, that but. and the the they make up cohesions like totally. Hey, everyone's saying, mm. or everyone mm. wants a Coke Zero machine. <laughs> but no, no, you want that right. exactly. And so we we don't do that anymore because what we found was that when you don't have to put your name behind it, yeah. uh, you you actually have unbridled feedback that becomes uh, more hurtful than helpful. Yeah. Right. So that's one thing to not do. Another thing that we realized is how to create a no gossip culture. Mm. Um, and so in early stage st- teams, uh, like Pastor Adam was saying, feedback mm-hmm. would be somebody saying, well, you know, Vance, everybody is saying or people are saying or they said mm. that and then they'll give a point of feedback to me. Mm. And so what I told my team is like, because I heard it so many times, mm-hmm. I was like, OK, if you ever said they said or people said, and you don't give me their name, I'm assuming it's you, mm. right? But if you're legitly in a conversation where somebody is talking about another person behind their back in the company, and they're not present to be able to advocate for themselves or to be able to respond, mm-hmm. it is your duty now to tell them, hey, we actually have a no gossip policy at Overflow. Mm. Um, I'd actually recommend you taking that frustration directly to the person. Mm. Uh, and if you don't loop back to me in the next 24 hours, I'm going to flag it up to them myself. Mm. And it's been the healthiest. I know that sounds a little bit like weird and harsh maybe, but like it's created such a healthy culture because now people are just actually talking directly Mm -hmm. (laughs) to each other instead of behind each other's back. It's so unhealthy. Yeah. Yeah, It's the culture element that you just talked about. You know, I think the earlier your team that you're building, you want to establish what culture do we have here? Mm -hmm. And so we want a direct culture, but something that we framed re- from the very beginning, uh, even when you were on staff, mm-hmm. was we're a, we've got a culture of contributing, mm-hmm. not yes, criticizing. Exactly. Like I can pay anybody to, I, I can literally, totally. I don't even have to pay people to criticize. Yeah. I can, I can just get a team of people in here and the first thing we'll do is criticize. Because if I was to ask you, hey, could you review? Mm-hmm. The moment I say the word review, you're already going to how I could better it. Mm-hmm. So you're going to highlight all the criticism. Mm-hmm. And where that's why I, I, I don't love things like Yelp and all, because it's so much critics. Mm. Everyone's critical and, you know, but, but it takes no brain power to be a critic. Mm-hmm. It takes brain power to be a contributor. Mm-hmm. How can I make this better? No. And so it's just framing the culture. When we come together and we discuss stuff, we're going to come from a contributing mindset. Yeah, no, actually on that topic, do you guys value one over the other? Like, especially early on when you have to build a product, you really want the most talented team. But yes, if it's not the right culture fit, does that make a decision for you to not oh, yeah, bring somebody for sure. in. It's culture 100%. over talent, for sure. Culture over talent, for sure. Okay. Every day of the yeah, week. Yeah, I would definitely put culture at the top mm-hmm. and then talent a close second. Close second, okay. I definitely put, because I've had 
a lot of culture and no talent. Mm. That's true. And you're like, oh, I'm, I'm glad you love this and I'm glad you're echoing everything. Right. But, man, could we do something? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, could you contribute? Yeah. So I think, uh, but, you know, the most talented pe- person that is toxic for your culture is the, the, the bad ter- apple you're talking oh, about. Yeah. Exactly. It can destroy a whole company, oh, yeah. really. From the, from it can the destroy side. a company. It can uh, split a church. Mm. It can do so much. Yeah. You yeah. know what I think is overrated when people say, well, you know, the healthiest cultures, you know, allow for disagreement. The healthiest cultures allow no. for, for yeah. feedback. I think that's overrated. Oh, yeah. I think that um, that's really just for people that want to have no holds bar yeah. mm. on their disagreement. Having that culture actually makes people lazy to not be persuasive, right? Mm-hmm. To not actually think through something mm-hmm. to try to be winsome in that. And they just mm-hmm. want to have culture so they could just like complain. Yeah. Right. Um, here's the thing. It doesn't have to be groupthink, though, even if you don't highlight, oh, it's okay to disagree here. It doesn't have to be groupthink because you can still bring in net new information. Mm -hmm. You can still bring in net new uh, insights Mm -hmm. that is complementary, not rooted in conflict. Right. (laughs) Right. Do you think it's more the approach then? Because I actually am like maybe a person that likes the idea of being challenged and being able to challenge ideas. So do you think it's just more about how you approach that situation? For sure. Because the culture should be challenged, right? Like you should be able to challenge an idea. And challenge is different from disagreement. Got it. Yes. Okay. So not just complaining about it, but come with, like you're saying, net new. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and so then on I mean, top- you're talking to the challenger, right? That's true. <laughs> I, so I wanted to make sure. I thought I'm the one challenging <laughs> yeah. everybody's ideas. You know what I mean? But, how do you, how do you uh, how do you work with? Because I'm assuming there's challenges around staff as yeah, well. Yeah, I just out challenge them. No, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, I definitely, I, I definitely, you know, naturally bent towards let's challenge this idea. Let's yeah. let's poke holes at it. Let's make sure it's kind of watertight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's so I know that I already think that way. And so uh, I'm I'm not going to create a you know a room full of lemmings that mm-hmm. just say yes and go with the mm-hmm. flow and you know just praise every idea that comes out. Like I'm going to provoke. Mm-hmm. And I think that if there's a healthy environment where you feel challenged to bring bring something intellectual, mm-hmm. yes, not just something contradictory, yeah. yes, you know what I mean. Like bring something that's still complementary, but it's 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 intelligent, mm-hmm. not just pick the opposite point because you feel like that's your contribution exactly mm. that's right yeah no definitely and then when you guys are um as part of like best fun when you guys are looking for you know new teams and ideas do you guys pick the idea or do you guys pick the team when you guys are trying to invest in another company it's kind of both the and yeah it's both it's, it's both you know we as vance uh, alluded to before we're very heavily stacked now towards ai companies mm. um you know it's becoming a major part of our portfolio but you know, we're looking for, uh, you know, I always say, I always say this, okay. Now this sounds obnoxious, but I'm pretty smart. So if I don't understand an idea, mm. sure, then mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not that stupid to mm-hmm. go, this is a bad idea. Right. Like right. I, I want to be able to pretty much pick it up in the moment mm-hmm. and go, Hey, I, th- I think I can see a pathway for that. Um, so if I can't really understand it and get excited about it from the pitch, mm-hmm. then I'm like, pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't want to have to be convinced more. At the same time, I'm looking for a personality that is extremely bullish, mm-hmm. that is extremely convicted. Mm-hmm. Good. Because we know this, building a company is the most difficult thing. It's, it's hard. so man. tough. Yeah. It's hard. And, mm-hmm. 
if I can talk you out of your idea, yeah, yeah, or yeah, I can yeah. put so much doubt in it in our pitch moment mm-hmm. that you're kind of like second guessing, well, guess what? <laughs> no, no, you have to convince me. Right. And I will challenge people's ideas. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think, uh, I think that is the element that we're always looking for is both personality and the idea, the product, mm-hmm. you know, can we, can we get a good mesh towards that? Because one can't work without the other. Mm. For sure. The reason I ask is because it seems like at least my investment thesis, but this okay. is like the, the crypto space. It was more of you saw a lot of these ideas pop up. There was a ton of ideas. Yeah. They would come up. They're all kind of similar, a little bit different. But the thing that always seemed to, you know, the, the coins or the tokens that took off were a good, solid team behind it. Right? Sure. And so it always felt like the team yeah. kind of had to lead the idea. The idea couldn't lead the team. Did you do with, a lot of crypto investing? Yeah, yeah, I did. So, so how are you doing? How's, uh, it, how's the portfolio? Because I started back in like 2017. Yeah, good. Now it's, you know, still, you know, I've been through the ebbs and flows. You okay. know, I haven't sold on time, but you know, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I'm learning. But um, yeah, so 2017, like, you know, it's been a good ride. But, and now I'm in the space building. So I get to kind of see, you know, right. how it's done. Um, and I think we're getting close to another, uh, another cycle. Crypto's pumping a little bit, guys. I mean, Bitcoin not financial advice. right up there in the 40-something yeah. thousand. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's going up. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, in the crypto space, there were obviously bad players, right? Yeah. And I right. think what it was is a beautiful lesson uh, that you've gone on. You've got like a, a university education in crypto now mm. just from being in the space. Mm-hmm. And I think within that, you have to differentiate. Yeah. Cool. We might have had some really good teams on bad products Mm -hmm. because i mean you think of how well nfts went Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. they're rubbish Mm -hmm. it was like a lot of it was a scam and it was just hype there was a lot of unknown there was a contribution of covid and people bored and felt they were rich and all this kind of stuff and this is my net new way i'm going to be an art dealer of nfts Mm -hmm. or whatever it was but it was in that season where i had to I had to several times say, Vince, please explain it to me again. Just explain <laughs> NFTs because I feel like I'm smart, but this one's really annoying me. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we went rounds on it and just was never sitting in me to go, I'm not investing in that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not investing in that. Yeah. And it turns out it was really bogus. Mm-hmm. So I think what you do, though, is you go to take away what did that season of that crypto surge do? Well, now we're settling into some infrastructure mm-hmm. And you're in a rails company, so mm-hmm. you're building some really great rails, which is like the best place to be yeah. if there is another, you know, global economy or global coins that we move towards that's going to create an infrastructure in the future. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think the one part about that's kind of scary, is like talking about this team stuff, I was doing some research, and then like all the stuff that happened with OpenAI and Sam getting fired, and then maybe oh, you know the whole yes. team going with him. It was like, was that uh, in your mind uh, an idea of him being such a good leader that his team was? kind of following him or they saw, you know, the potential of open AI crashing. He was like monetary. We need to go with him. Like wherever he goes, we go. And like, I mean, they're I, feel, like what? I feel like he, he had a lot of affection from a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, it was just clear, right. Yeah. Uh, from the backlash on Twitter X, where a lot of the former YC companies or current YC companies were just really backing them mm-hmm. and saying, Hey, Sam went to bat for me. Mm-hmm. I'm like Sam all the way. Um, to the employees, literally hundreds of them filing a protest saying mm-hmm. that we'll walk if you don't bring Sam back. 700 of the 770. It's like wild, Crazy. right? So like, I don't know if you can deny, like, I don't know if he's a good leader or not, but mm. people have a lot of affection for him. Yeah. So so people were really rocking with them yeah. and uh, behind him and ultimately so much pressure that they had to bring him back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, 
I don't know if it's a real narrative if the st- if the employees were behind Sam mm. or they were just nervous about their stock. Right. And that's, I've heard both takes. I've heard. See, yeah. if I'm in that position, is it because I really love that CEO mm. or crap? If the CEO goes, my stock's going to tank. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and at that point, I always say this: everyone loves a missional statement with their company, but take them take the salary away. Are you going to mm. be there for the mission? No, you're not. Mm-hmm. Take the mission away. You're still going to be there for the salary, most probably. Mm-hmm. So it's always I always put salary first in these in these scenarios. Mm-hmm. I also don't know what is going on. I don't. I haven't. I feel like I've missed out on a key piece of the. Do you want to hear some of the rumors that's going on? So I would because yeah. I'm on boards. Yeah, I've been a founder. Yeah. And I've been in the board seat and I'm still in board seats. And I have to think through as a board member in our board conversations with different technology companies that I'm on, what would have to happen? Yeah, to mm. fire the CEO, that's a big deal. Yeah. To fire the CEO. That's a big deal. Yeah. Generally, it's only for complete misconduct. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't seem like that is evidence. So I'd love to hear what are the theories. Yeah, I, and for, for it to be misconduct, that would have come out by now. So yeah. I feel like that's the one. For sure. There's that's a, a legal one. thing. If right, you're on the yeah. board, you go, hey, it was misconduct. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> but has the board said anything? No, no, no. no. So I feel like it's not that. So, so they, he of, found AGI. He, is that-, that is the rumor. So the rumor <laughs> is he found artificial general intelligence. It's called QSTAR internally. It got leaked. Oh, I've whist- heard yeah. about this. So there, there was a whistleblower that leaked this. And so it was out of fear of what that could you know, potentially become, that some of the board members were like, oh, I'm not sure where Sam is going with this. and they Because Sam is just super bullish. Yeah, super bullish. And he had his hands in a lot of different areas. And so they and were- And the Twitch, little... our former Twitch CEO, I guess, Emmett Shear, is a little bit more conservative, mm-hmm. doesn't want AGI to take over the world. Mm-hmm. But Sam, I think, is cool with it. But, yeah. <laughs> but QSTAR is the AGI- yeah, so they have it. So, it's, so uh, explain AGI for the audience. Yeah, so it's this <clears throat> idea of like um, this advancement in AI to the point where it can make logical decisions beyond just you know replicating data that it has and actually creating net new. So it's kind of like Skynet. Yeah, like it's Terminator. I, it really is. No, yeah, but really I is. heard it, it could do mathematical equations. Yes, it so. went from like a language model mm-hmm. to now mathematics. Yeah which actually then opens up code breaking and yes, all that breaking kind of encryption stuff. and crypto becomes so potentially that, obsolete. But that yeah. was the original Google fear. Mm-hmm. The yep. Google fear was that if, if this gets into like, it's cool if it's like language right, and, right. and emotions mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But the moment it gets into math, we're done. Yeah. Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. there's no encryption that it cannot undo. Right. Math so, is a, so blockchain mm-hmm, yeah. and all this kind of stuff exactly. that, that you're building on. That's why you were asking what, you know, we were talking about the investment and I brought this up because that was a fear. So I was like, you know, it's yeah. better to be a little bit safer with this stuff because you just don't get in the wrong hands. And then all of a sudden, Sell, pull out. Now. <laughs> yeah, I gotta go. Guys. I gotta, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, that seems that it seems for me reasonable. Yeah. If the enough for the board to react for sure. If the board are like, whoa, 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 we're crossing territory that maybe we always said we wouldn't. Yeah. And then we could pull the trigger for a board to act that unanimously. Like, yeah. I mean, we, a board usually seven people. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many people are on the board, but mm-hmm. like for seven people to all act together yeah. and unanimously and, and fire the CEO who is a superstar. Yeah. Superstar. It's not like he's unknown. Yeah. He's, he's on magazines. Right. He's like right. the Silicon Valley pinup boy right yeah. now. To, to make that move and threaten the stock position yeah. and everything, you have to be thinking more than financial gain on building this company. You have to think about the future of humanity almost. Mm-hmm. And that's a weird position to be <laughs> yeah. in yeah. if that's what they're doing. Yeah. I've, it's tough because 
I think what happened was like Microsoft has a huge investment here, right? And so initially they were like, oh, well, we can't lose this investment, so they're going to bring them on. But you don't know what's going to happen once you bring OpenAI into like a fully regulated, massive company. Like right. this, that might have just you know really taken that whole thing down. So they, I think the end game was never to join Microsoft. I think Microsoft obviously was willing. But I don't think there was for any, Sam for Sam. Yeah, I think that was his. They literally hired him at one point. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I heard <laughs> over yeah, the weekend. Over the weekend, he got fired. Hired by Microsoft. The whole team was gonna come, and then they they brought him and back. Then he resigned, and went to open it. I think it just never materialized. Like that deal. He to didn't Microsoft. accept the offer. But yeah. it was funny because uh, the ex Twitch CEO became CEO of oh, OpenAI, yeah, right. and they got fired. Yeah. <laughs> he 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 tweeted that. Uh, and oh, this is gonna make a great film. Th- this it is the really weird is. thing. Like, it what do we really call is. it? He xed or <laughs> like tweeted yeah. is just like yeah. I feel like the, post, the, no, the, the, the verb it. still. Posted. Posted. Oh, he posted. Yeah, okay. Posted, yeah. So you know, uh, Emmett he he posted um, world record for shortest tenure <laughs> as CEO wow. of a company. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was like an afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if you got a signing bonus. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh wait, wow. That'd be a nice. Got way. some stock the options. Yeah. That would be nice. Hey, at the end of the day. I do think a lesson that I kind of took away from it, and I don't know the details of this, so probably maybe there was validity in it, mm-hmm. but generally from a principle standpoint, I've always felt that companies, churches, organizations should not be run by boards, mm. right? They, they, they should be run by founders mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day. Yeah. And, and that's why, whether or not it was a right decision, that's why when a decision that a board makes that is so drastic like this that threatens the operational mm-hmm. viability of a company there's going to be backlash can you give right? us some insight into how that happens like how a board gets too much power in terms well of like we've seen setup? churches yeah. yeah we've seen churches be they'll call it elder run or board run mm-hmm. and it's ineffective mm-hmm. yep is it just money like how does that no it's not money at all mm. it's got to do with I think in those settings, right, you get some power brokers. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know what I mean? So you think about a setting as a, I'm a founder mm-hmm. of, of, of Vive Church. I built a board. You know, we invested everything. We gave up everything to build the thing. We built on the back of sacrifice. And so we build a board and the early board members are with you in the mission. But, you know, over time you replace board members as maybe they, you get more expertise or, you know, they serve for a season and they need to come off the board and the board can morph and change. And is that on you, the founder, to decide when that is or is it the board? The original board, the original board is, yeah. is selected, but then the board votes okay. on yeah. new members, mm-hmm. you know, and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, it's a very democratic process, mm-hmm. but you've actually built a company that you've now submitted yourself under, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to, to certain degrees. And uh, it's a very humbling process to say now, hey, this thing that I built, you you could determine whether I still do this. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, you know, that comes from in a church, you want godly men <laughs> yeah, and yeah. women who are literally governance and they've got an anointing for that. Uh, but you also want someone who's, hey, we believe you're a radical, amazing leader. Mm-hmm. We don't want to handcuff that. We want this exactly. to be, you know, exciting. But, you know, if you get... You know, I've, we've seen churches, and same with companies. You get some some power, mm. you know, hungry people who yeah. maybe get a little offended or mm. whatever. Yeah, then it can get really squirrely. So yeah, because yeah, I would say that a good board member mm-hmm. understands their role. Yeah, mm. right. A good board member is not there to operate the business. Yeah. A, a good board member understands they're not meant to make managerial decisions. Mm-hmm. No, nope. the day to day, you know, um, even down to like. 
uh, staff salaries and stuff. Like the board is not there to micromanage, yeah. right? The the board is there to provide some governance, right? If, if the CEO does go off the rails, mm-hmm. for sure, yeah. uh, they have a fiduciary responsibility. That's probably their biggest responsibility, right. hire and fire CEOs, yes. right? Um, but again, like to fire a CEO, that's pretty drastic. Right. It, it should be misconduct. It should be some sort of like pretty crazy thing. Yeah. Um, or they just like are not performing, mm-hmm. right? Like literally the maybe the company hasn't grown for four years, mm-hmm. right? Something like yeah. that. Then, yeah, maybe because they have a fiduciary responsibility. Outside of that, really they're there to provide some insights, some connections, mm-hmm. some maybe open some doors. Yeah, yeah, wisdom. They're there to be part of the conversation, but they understand their role is not to run the company. Yeah. And as soon as you get a board member that oversteps that, that's when it becomes ineffective, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It becomes ineffective because you have somebody that's thinking about your business two percent mm-hmm. of their time yep. trying to tell you what to do yeah. when you're thinking about 110 yeah. percent of your time that's just like that math doesn't make sense right yep. so then it's like the importance of the founder at that time when you're forming the board to make sure you're forming it with the idea of this is my company and you should yeah right that you've got to establish that for sure yeah. and i think you want people who love you mm-hmm. yes who want the best for the company like on a personal level this is more about yeah, a deeper connection. A deeper the, connection yeah. uh, because they actually believe in your best interest right. as well. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you, you really want to have someone who's run the play. Yeah. You want someone Good. who's been at that level before and, you know, that they have run the play and they're okay mm-hmm. with you exceeding what they've done before. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? And so it's a very unique subset. And I, I highly recommend if you're forming a board, you, you want to put everybody on a 12-month term mm. okay. so that it's not an awkward, hey, you know, I've talked to the rest of the board, right, you right. know, <laughs> but it's, it's an opportunity to re-up yeah. uh, through invitation mm-hmm. uh, that we put before the board, you know. Yeah. And a lot of people will, we've had different people on the board at Vive before who have served brilliantly in one season, but we've needed to free up a space to someone who's, you know, who's grown a church to 10,000 people. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, hey, that's going to be useful for us mm-hmm. on insights and what we're doing. And so they've run the play before. Yeah, that makes sense. And then in terms of the size of the board, do you guys like a smaller, more nimble board? Or is it like, you know, too many cooks in the kitchen kind of aspect oh, of the yeah. board? Oh, yeah. I mean, as lean as you can be, you know, for a VC-backed startup, uh, the dynamic really determine, is determined by the money that you raise. Yeah, right. Right, so that's where the board uh, seat negotiation comes in. Every time you take money, they're gonna want yep. some level of board seat, and that's when you can negotiate. Okay, one or two, and mm-hmm. things like that. You always want to try to negotiate the least amount of seats. Mm-hmm. Give, uh, they they say give up the least mm-hmm. amount of seats yeah. as possible. And from a practical standpoint, to your to your point, I mean, you know, just imagine. I, I was actually you guys got to listen to uh, Visa. Mm. on acquired mm-hmm. podcast so good right, but at some point they had 20 board members and the ceo at the time would invite all of the spouses to sit in the board meetings as wow. well because without the spouses apparently like they fought too much and so they thought <laughs> it was going to be like uh, a, a situation where they'd be on better behavior <laughs> if their spouse was sitting behind them but basically the the podcast explains how they got nothing done yeah. at these board meetings it's just too big like yeah. there's too many people in the room <laughs> you know i think you want to uh keep it nimble because look from a practical example coordinating board meetings and oh you know, people are all over the place time zones conflicts all that mm. kind of stuff and then you got a list of apologies from people who can't make the board meeting and yeah. that kind of stuff so that's just practical um i think too few and it's um um, too one-sided. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so if you only have three board members, then that's very out of balance because you just need to win one other person and be persuasive. Right, right, right. I think five to seven is probably the the ideal board size mm-hmm. in my experience. 
Um, five works really brilliant. Mm -hmm. uh, and seven, if you feel like these extra two board seats would be um, an asset yeah. because they've actually got so much maybe connections mm -hmm. or uh, they, they want to lead with generosity, you know, with that kind of stuff. Because there is an expectation, I think, on a church board, uh, there is an expectation that as a board member, you're actually not just directing, you're leading. Mm -hmm. You're yes. leading with, you know, investing into the vision, you know, yes. uh, a, a large uh, part of your, your income is going towards the church at another level. So it's not just a nice seat, mm -hmm. it's an expectation. Yeah, I know that. Exactly. And so I think, yeah, the way you structure a board is very important. Yeah. But it's not everything because mm -hmm. the involvement of the board is actually very small. Oh, yeah. Your lead strategy team is way... That's the most important I team. think way more important because yeah. yes. they're the ones every day in the bunker with you right. taking grenades yeah, you know, and firing back. Right. <laughs> but I, there's, I just want to touch on one more part of this, which is the, the risk of taking in like VC money, for example, and they do get that. Is there is there something that you guys look into when you guys were doing this and you took in money and maybe had to you know give up a seat where there was some risk in I needed this money but that poison pill on the board could start to affect you know for sure decisions and yeah so like you got to be really I've heard a lot of like friends that have gone in this and say I regret taking BC money because now I'm yeah. working. I would say that uh, the overflow board I've been lucky because you know we have. Uh, a pretty broad spectrum of perspective, mm -hmm. um, I would say, but there's nobody on the board that uh, is stepping over the line that I talked about, mm -hmm. right? At the end of the day, there there is opinion, uh, but there is trust that, okay, but this is, Vance is running the company right. and, and we, we trust them uh, to run the company. And so I think that's what makes every board not toxic mm -hmm. is if they don't step over. The, the stories that I've heard that become toxic is when they do step over that line, yeah. Yeah. right? When they want to like make board meetings four hours and go through every line in the spreadsheet and they want to like make the decision for the CEO. And that's kind of like, okay, you've overstepped and now you're making this ineffective and slowing us down. Yeah, yeah. they're called board bullies. And they, <laughs> they definitely love to get a little power trip out of bullying the, the, the founder. Yeah. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's it, you, you do get this too. You do get people flexing on a board to other board members. Mm. It's almost like I'm going to be the one to ask the most questions. Yeah. And they're redundant questions. And half the time you're like, oh, just stop. Yeah. Um, but but I think, so, so if I'm speaking to founders, mm -hmm. Definitely consider where you take your money. For yes. sure. I think yeah. a discipline of founders is not just taking the first available money mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because there's money going to come from different places and probably if it's going to come from somewhere, it's going to come from multiple places. Yeah. So you want to not just – because money's money, but what you get with that money is the access – maybe the chemistry of who's going to make up your board, mm -hmm. uh, what's their background, and do you get on? So I would be telling founders, talk to the potential board member yeah. before you receive the money. Mm -hmm. Have a conversation. Maybe go out for a meal. Mm, There's good. nothing wrong with that to go, do we actually get on? Or are they, like, are they got really misaligned values in their personal life that would definitely come into a board moment mm -hmm. and just maybe have the reserve the right to bow out? Yeah, no, that's great. Because you are doing relationship with you them, by the way. You are doing relationship. For a while, yeah. Yeah, and I think, like, maybe the co-founder relationship is probably the only thing that's probably, like, a bigger deal, right? Than, yeah, that's probably the biggest deal, yeah, for sure. Right? But other than that, it's in that and your board, right? Like, mm -hmm. Right? Because they yeah. make, you know, the bigger decisions. But, like, between you and your co-founder, if you have a co-founder, I think that... Maybe it depends most. what position the co-founder's in. You know, is it CTO mm -hmm. or, you know, CMO? You know, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. I think you really need to figure out, like... It is, but the board, the board is, I would say it's, it's integral. It's not critical. Mm, yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's fair.
Thanks, guys. It was a great pod. Yeah. Um, Come on. Educational pod, I think. Yeah. That was great. We covered like, a lot of ground. I learned a lot. did. And this is the second to last pod of the year. No way. Wow. Man, December. Oh, a great year. Wow. I think next time we'll, we'll reflect. We'll yeah. Reflect on oh, the, that would the be great. Yeah, let's do it. We'll have we'll some f- moments. Yeah. March 6th, everybody. We'll March 6th. We yes. are uh, bringing the hype oh. community together. That's nice. right. March yes. 6th in yeah. the Silicon Valley Flowcon. The Vive Church building. Yeah, we're calling it Flowcon because we're going nice. to partner with Overflow on this. But we're really calling all hype pod community Yeah. Uh, to be there. We'll get landing pages up soon. How many spots are we opening up again? Did we decide on that? Was I think it? we're going to max it at 200. Yeah. Um, just because we are going to have breakouts. It's going to be really intentional. We're going to be doing experiences nice. and things like that. Yes. And so, um, you know, will there maybe be space for more if we want to expand it? Maybe. But the 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 sweet number right now is probably going to max out at 200. So once we put up the landing page, we anticipate yep. that this is probably going to go pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the last hype event we had was, I mean, outside of conference, mm-hmm. yeah. the last hype hype event we had was like 250. That's wow. right. And so I think it's going to fill up pretty fast. And we have actually people, prominent leaders, pastors, entrepreneurs from across the nation flying in. They're already wow. locked in. Yeah. They're already locked we in. Locked them so in. we probably locked in already like 30, 40 people. Yeah. Is this just for um, members or open no, to? We're no, 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 community. open. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. Nice, perfect. Any any listener that this is your your area of expertise, Come on. Uh, innovation, entrepreneurial, pastoring, leading, uh, CEO, CFO, we we really feel like it's going to be beneficial. It's going to oh, be I'm good. Excited. The last hype event was absolutely oh yeah, that was uh, good. Crushed. So this is going to be fantastic. <laughs> yes. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you guys next time. Bless you. Thanks, guys. Let's go. Yep.